We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Front runners, welcome in. Got a decent positive response on, on that one. Maybe we should just settle on that. We've got a lot to talk about. Some positive, some negative. I've personally been living in the land of negativity since the Lakers are now no longer playoff bound. But we've got a lot to break down today. And uh, yeah, let's dive into it. Keith Smith joining me at Keith Smith NBA. How are you doing, man? I'm still looking forward to watching Moon Knight. I think I'm going to get to that a little later tonight, hopefully. Well, I mean, why not, right? You know, what else right. to do for <laughs> July? <laughs> uh, you can hang out with me and break down uh, playoffs completely unbiased, with no uh, no rooting interest at all. I, I, I think I'm going to have to uh, accept that invitation. I'm going to we're going to have to work something <laughs> out with that. We'll break down some playoff games. I think that's going to be something that's coming. But uh, yeah, uh, we're going to have a bit yeah. of a drought <laughs> a drought here on the Lakers side of things. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I, 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 I had to this morning. I had to tweet. You know, hey, only one team can win number eighteen now. <laughs> so, you know, let's uh, let's go get that done. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. T- I mean, hey, it was th- this was it was funny. I described it as a friend of to a friend of mine as I was like, it's kind of like watching that baseball game when the team's in the third mm-hmm. inning, and you know it's over, but you just it's kind of that slow march to the end. Sure. Like that's what it felt like on. Deal the Lakers over the last week. It was like over the last it's few. It's probably months. over, but they've like, won four games yeah. since the All Star break. It's been the last few months of this slow march of like, oh my well, gosh, like that was in the, the Jake I, Fisher piece uh, yesterday. Yeah, he, he basically commented that like the Spurs were not trying to make the play in. Just the no. Lakers refused to win, no. and so the Spurs just went, oh well, all right, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I think the Spurs at some point in the last couple weeks were like, well, we might as well. Yeah. Uh, so this is just right to our two relevant interests on January 21st, like after games played January 21st, Celtics were 23 and 24 Lakers were 23 and 23, basically the same record. Mm-hmm. Since then Celtics have gone 26 and six and the Lakers have gone eight and 25. So talk about two teams who chose different paths. Uh, down down the stretch very, there. That's uh, that's very much too. so. I did see. I had one Lakers fan reply to me and said, "The only thing is, I just don't want a fifty loss season." Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's that's horrible. Yeah, he, <laughs> that's horrible. And he's and he's like, you can't even turn and be excited because 
cool. Like we're like losing games. Like this is great. Cause we have wow. a pick. Cause he's like, we don't even have our pick. So yeah. So that was uh, also it there. And then I did see somebody too. His, I mean, Pelicans fans are loving yeah. this. Uh, you know, they, 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 I said Pelicans fans and Celtics fans are like the living embodiment of the like epic handshake <laughs> meme where it's like the, the two guys are like, yeah, like in agreement, like, cause they're, they're both thrilled today, but yeah, man, boy, it's just, well, yeah. But plenty of time. We'll 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 uh, get deep into that uh, over the weeks to come. For it's sure. so funny. I've had I've had so many like I did that show in New Orleans a few days ago, and they're like asking me about you know do the Lakers have do Lakers fans feel the same way about the Pelicans? I'm like no. That's what and Lakers fans keep no. messaging me like saying oh could the Lakers trade for Damian Lillard? Like you guys don't get it. The Blazers hate yeah. the Lakers. Like hate the Lakers. Like the Lakers don't feel anything towards the Blazers or anything towards the Pelicans. But there are other teams out there that hate the Lakers. Lakers fans, though, they're blind to it because they're like, we don't hate that team. Why Why would we? And yeah, yeah. that's that's where we're at. So, and, and trade what for Damian? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, but that's just yeah. right. Yeah, it's yeah, not absolutely. realistic. But, but, but again, they're not we'll spend plenty of time getting into to, to those topics. But we let's start with the one Laker topic we mm-hmm. do have. Uh was in uh, J- Jake Fisher's uh, piece about the Lakers. Is, uh, Lakers won't seriously consider trading Anthony Davis. I, it, I guess there's probably a good segment of people watching and listening that are like, yeah, no, duh. But it's been put mm-hmm. out there is, hey, if that's your kind of – way to get out of this if it's you know all right hey we can move him get a collection of draft picks young players or not even necessarily young players but just other players you know build up our depth around lebron and go that way it was funny i did see gosh i forget who it was now but it was somebody who was like hey lebron's had success with those kind of teams before uh it's been quite a while now it's been five six mm-hmm. years since LeBron's had success with that kind of team, where it was LeBron and a whole bunch of guys. Um, and and that's even unfair too, right? Because Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, those weren't just mm-hmm. guys, right? Those guys were good. There were a couple Cavs teams in the course of his first run for sure that probably fit that bill. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where as, as I look at it, it's it, yeah. I mean, they're not going to trade Anthony no. Davis. They're, they're going to they're going to figure this out another way to try and reset this. It's just it's not going to be AD. I mean, Eric Pink has put out there today that like essentially, if LeBron lets the Lakers know he's not going to sign an extension when he's eligible to on August fourth, then maybe you see the nuclear option that they trade sure. both of them. But that's that would probably be the scenario, and that's that's not in any way a likely scenario. But that would be. The path where if they said, you know what, LeBron's not going to stick around, he'd like to move on. AD might as well move him too at this point. That's it. Other, otherwise, sure. yeah, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna go trade. And the most by far the most likely thing is that both LeBron and Anthony Davis are still Lakers next season. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So you, I don't remember what was this three seasons uh-huh. ago. You you had LeBron, but you had all yeah. the kids. All the guys that had been kind of the byproduct of the the, the down yep. years, so Ingram and Ball and Kuzma and, uh, and Julius Randle might have been Josh gone by that point, I think. Yeah. But yeah, Josh Hart. But you had right, you had you had kind of your your kids, and 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 I get it, right? We all get attached to the players that we draft, mm-hmm. probably more than anybody else. But but all knowing what you know now. Let's say that is the way it went. Let's say LeBron was like, you know what? I'm done. I want to go somewhere else. And they trade AD and they really tear it back down to the studs. 
as the Lakers guy here on our mm-hmm. show, was it worth it? Oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. They, they yeah. won a championship. Yeah, it, that's it. I'm seeing people say it wasn't, but you won yeah. a title. Like that's what Matt, right? If I'm, you know, you, if you could win a title every four or five years by going through a bunch of crappy seasons to get the one title season, sign me up every sure. day of the week. It's, it, we're, yeah. we're spoiled. Okay. Winning a championship is really, really, really hard to do, and it's and it's yeah. usually a very rare thing. And so, yeah, if you win a championship, mm-hmm. just everything else is gravy. That was now. Is it is it great that two of LeBron's four seasons they haven't made the playoffs? No, that's not what you would expect. And then that last season was just injury riddled and turned into this flop in the first round. No, that that's not great. Sure. That hurts. But you ultimately won a championship. I have seen some fans out there who've said, "Well, Kobe would have done this, right?" Or, "Well." Two championships really was what he needed. Although I have a feeling the bar was just going to continue to move. If, you, if LeBron gets a second championship, well, he needs three or, you know, whatever. But but in my mind, as soon as they won that championship, that was it. It was it was a success. And then everything else, you, you just you deal with it from there. You, you look around the NBA, how many teams, if you said, hey, you've got to suck for five years, but you're going to win a ch- you're going to win one championship. How many teams would say, sign me up? Yes, yeah. we're on board for that. Half the league, a hundred percent, because half the league would be like, "Hey, we might suck for five years <laughs> right. anyway and not win a championship." So, yeah, if you can sign me up for a title mm-hmm. at the end, absolutely, you know, sign, sign, sign me up. And that's then that's not. I don't know that that's the worst way of thinking about it, right. The end goal. I always say this: the end goal is to hang a banner, but only one team can do it every single yep. year, and that it's really, really hard to win championships. I I think we get kind of messed up because teams like the Warriors show up and then Warriors and Cavs, right? Four straight years, they play each other mm-hmm. in the finals. And it's like, you kind of went into those seasons like, yeah, let's pencil these in, right? And and maybe by the end it was fun, like, oh, maybe it won't be these two teams. But yeah, I just, I just do do think it's kind of, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of, uh, you know, interesting to just see the different takes that people have had. And, and I think some of it is, you know, let's get our jokes off Absolutely. about the Lakers. Let's, you know, kick them while they're down. Some of that stuff by saying it's a failure and those kind of things. But yeah, I, I, I tend to more think it is, you know, um, they, they succeeded. They won the title. And more importantly than that, for our you know, real interest here right now today, I don't think this is the end. They're not breaking this up right now. You know, it's, it's, you know, it may be a year from now things go in a different direction, but not right now. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, let's, right. I'm sure we got enough Lakers talk for our non Lakers fans yeah. to, to stomach here, but let's get into a former Laker. Yeah, this hurts, Keith. I, I really, I hate this. Lonzo Ball uh, season is officially yeah. over. I had, I was holding on to hope that he could come back. I think he really matters for the Bulls, and this hurts their, uh, their playoff chances quite a bit. This was, I mean, this was the fun team at the start of the season, right? The mm-hmm. team that was flying up and down the floor and killing teams and, and all of that. Yeah. I was really hoping to get to watch a fun Bulls playoff run. I'm not saying they're they're dead in the water or anything like that, but this um this absolutely hurts hurts them and their their chances in the postseason. Yeah, I mean it, it's killer. They were at one point, let me pull it up to make sure I have it right. They were yeah, they were 20, 26 and ten. 
Mm-hmm. At one point, they'd gone on a nine-game winning streak into to early January and then uh, lost Alonzo Ball shortly thereafter, lost Alex Caruso uh, as well for a period of time. That really killed their perimeter defense. Uh, Caruso still not fully healthy. He's dealing with some back soreness now, too. Uh, they've been talking about, I think he's out of tonight's game against the Celtics. Uh, and Alonzo out, yeah, for, for the season. Last night it dropped. Well, it didn't drop his news. Billy Donovan shared it that he had another uh, setback. He just every each time they've ramped him up, he's felt soreness. He's what he's dealing with because some Celtics fans immediately panicked, right? Because Robert Williams underwent torn meniscus. There's two different menisci, I guess, in your knee. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's one on the inside and one on the outside, and it sounds like Williams tore the one that gets more blood flow is easier to heal from. And meniscus injuries are all over the board with the recovery. Some guys put Joel Embiid played through one all of last season or last playoffs rather. So it's just not a thing that you can say it's one size fits all mm-hmm. for, for anybody with that. The other thing with, with this is to Lonzo Ball's dealing with a bone bruise on top of it that is in a difficult place that, again, doesn't get a lot of blood flow and it's hard to come back from. So we're in a position where – he tried to ramp up about a week and a half ago, was shut down for 10 days. They thought, all right, let's shut him down for 10 days. We'll pick this back up. Try it again. Same thing. And now officially today it has come out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. His season is over. I mean, it's and just not just regular season. His entire season, right? Is over. I maybe if they made like a finals run, mm-hmm. maybe then they could say, "Hey, you know, he's feeling pretty good." But but my guess is they they're being very realistic too. And it's important to remember, as much as that sucks for the Bulls right now, this is a four year agreement that they have with Correct. him. They've got three more years under contract, and they want to make sure those three years are as good as they can possibly be. But yeah, the Bulls now. They seem like of the the top six, right? So the the, the assured playing teams, as those are all now locked in in both conference. Well, I guess they're not in the West. Denver and Minnesota can still uh, be decided there. But the top six in the East are locked in. The Bulls have to be the team. The top teams all would you know be content to draw in the first round playoffs. And as it as it stands right now, and again, it's so tightly compact there between the uh, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the 76ers. Right now, it would be the Milwaukee Bucks that would draw yep. draw the Bulls in the first round. But again, you've got a, a three way tie right now between the Celtics, the Bucks, and the 76ers. So any of those teams could ultimately yeah. wind up being the one and, to, to play them. 
Celtics Bucks tomorrow. That probably will go a long way towards deciding who wins uh, the two seed. So how do you feel from the Celtics side of that? Like, are you because ultimately you'd you'd want to drop into the three, but then again, it's a three way tie. Would that drop you to four? It's it's no, it's pretty much impossible, isn't it? Okay. Um, so the the Celtics are. It, it, no, I shouldn't say that because they could go 0-3. I mean, there yeah. are three road games at Chicago tonight on Wednesday night at Milwaukee, Thursday night, and then they play at Memphis on Sunday. Oddly enough, that game just got moved on to national TV. They wait on that last day to mm-hmm. try to line up the best games, and that might be a game. <laughs> it might be the main Celtics versus the Memphis Hustle um, in that game. <laughs> Nobody's going to play their starters. We're going to see uh, very many regulars in that game because Grizzlies have literally nothing to play for. We don't know where Boston will be at that point. Mm-hmm. I tend to think you play it out and you let the chips fall where they may. Now, tomorrow night on the back-to-back, Al Horford supposedly has some back soreness. Both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have been dealing with some knee soreness. If they're sore, don't play them, right? It's more health, more important to be healthy. I It's tough because part of, part of me says, as we we'll, can get into it now, the Nets with a win yesterday, the Hawks with a loss. The Nets have moved up to eight, so they're looking like they'll be in that 7-8. Cleveland is just limping to the finish line here. I mean, just absolute struggle city mm-hmm. for the Cavs. So if the Nets pass the Cavs, then we're in a situation where the Nets are probably going to be the seven seed. Right. And then that means the number two seed draws them. And that's, do you really want to play the Nets in the first round? Probably not if you can avoid it. But I, I just, I tend to think you got to play this out mm-hmm. because I truly believe the basketball gods punish you if you start seeding shenanigans before like your very last game. I think I, I agree with you with that philosophy where you don't want to anger the basketball gods, right? Yep. You, just, you just honor the sport, go out yep. there and compete. Whoever's on the floor, you compete, you do everything you can to win the game and just, and you just let the chips fall. But even if you didn't have that mindset, let's say you were of the mindset of, I want to manipulate the system as much as possible, and I want to put myself in a spot where I'm going to draw the weakest team I can in the first round. How do you do that? I mean, look, yeah. at, look at how tightly packed. You yep. could be trying to do that and and have, I think, just as great of a chance of being unsuccessful as if you were trying to win all your game. Like, yep. I don't know that there's a way to manipulate yourself into the right matchup because everything is so tightly tightly packed here. Yeah, I mean, it, that's both, yeah, the two through four. Yeah. You can't control what the other teams will do. And in the, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, it's, you know, pretty, pretty jammed together. And, and you know, I, I tend to think the Nets will probably come out of that. But, I mean, this is a Nets team that they lost to the Hornets the other day. They lost to the Bucks, They lost to the Hawks. They weren't exactly great against the Rockets last night. They had to struggle to pull one out against the the Pistons. They lost a the game to to the Grizzlies. So they've yes, they closed at Knicks versus Cavs versus Pacers. It wouldn't shock me if they dropped one of those games. I mean, the Nets are just kind of a weird team like that. Especially they don't play any defense. Yeah. So as long as you can get your offense moving up and down, we've seen the Pacers are playing free and easy. A lot will probably depend, right? The Knicks are starting to sit some guys. I think the Nets will win that one. They play tonight. Um, that Cavs game becomes huge because that's probably the last chance to knock them back down into that uh, uh, 9-10 game. Because if you're in the 9-10, then the best seed you could be is eight. And at that point, yes, then you absolutely want to be the second seed. So that's a whole lot of words and a lot of stuff said to say, who knows? 
I, I don't know what to make of this. We'll talk about it probably on Friday's show. We'll have a lot yeah. more clarity after these next couple of days and have a better sense of where everything's going. Is there a is there a top four in the East and then a, a gap, or is there a top five in the East and five in the East and, and then a gap? And there is. Are the Toronto Raptors in on the same tier as? Say the the seventy sixers, the Bucks. You look point differential; they're not far off, even mm-hmm. though they are three games back of the seventy sixers. What do What do you think? Are, are the Raptors in a tier by themselves, or do they belong in that top tier? So here's how I think about the East, and this is timely because I was asked about this today um, on a radio appearance. I think the Heat, Celtics, and Bucks are all pretty uh-huh. even, provided Robert Williams is back for the second round against somebody good. Um, then I think Philly and Toronto are pretty okay. teams. Um, now they're probably going to play in the first round, which would make mm-hmm. sense, right? They're probably pretty even. Then I think, then I think the Bulls are probably in a tier by themselves. But I don't. I just, I just they're in, they're in no man's land with Chicago. Yeah, they're just struggling. And then you know, it's just the Nets would be in one of those top two tiers. I just don't know where they're going to mm-hmm. be. And I don't know, you know, how are they going to play? And let's see where that goes. And then obviously the rest of the playing is, you know, bunched together as a grouping, but yeah, it, it really is kind of one of those things where I, I don't, I, I just, it, this goes back to, this is why I don't mess around with worrying about seeding too much, play to win mm-hmm. games for now. Um, sit guys for health reasons if you need to, not for seeding reasons, and just see where it comes down to on that Sunday. And then Sunday, if you think you can manipulate your way into a good spot, maybe then you do it. But for now, just play play it out and see where it goes because who who knows the way this is all going to shake out. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, let's let's get into speaking of things shaking out and uh, players who are injured. Norman Powell, he's back tonight. Yeah, he's back. Um, the Clippers yeah, getting Paul healthier. George back last week. Why? Yeah. Maybe we don't know. They're keeping things quiet there. They're yep. keeping things quiet there. Um, that was awful. But <laughs> yes, this man. Yes, this please. Man uh, but Norman Powell. Great news. Norman Powell is back tonight and will be in action for the Clippers. And it could turn the Clippers into that that team that you really don't want to see in uh, in the first round if they do make it through the uh, the plan. Yeah, we know they are the only uh, West team in the bottom half that we know. They're locked in eight, so they're, they're going to be playing Minnesota or Denver. Uh, Minnesota, man, man oh boy, the Boston accent came up there uh, on that Denver. <laughs> um, I heard that. It's what happens when I get excited. Denver. Um, <laughs> Minnesota, they, they blew it last night, losing to Washington. I mean, what an awful loss that was. You cannot have that mm-hmm. loss. When Denver lost to San Antonio, and you could have been pulling right into being only a game behind them and making this a really you know tight race, so Denver is going to get six now. I feel really confident in that uh, with them each having two games left. Denver hasn't clinched it yet, uh, but they, they're going to get get six. Um, so then I think that's going to leave us Minnesota and the Clippers. That's tough for the Wolves, right? They have a five and a half game lead on the Clippers as it stands today. And this goes back to my whole thing of if you have a big enough lead, your spot should be secured because, all right, let's say the Clippers get them in that first game. And then let's say Pelicans or Spurs, whoever wins the 9-10, let's say they have a hot shooting night. Now the, the Wolves are out and you have two teams with potentially losing records in the postseason and the Wolves are out. And I get it. Take care of your business, right? In the playing tournament. But 
it's just, I don't know. I just don't like it. I, I don't like that part of the playing tournament um, because of that. But yeah, Clippers, every day they don't rule Kawhi out and say he's done for the season. This is the day I'm going to be, maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe. Maybe. You know, let's see. Hey, on the play-in tournament, mm-hmm. since since I just did my little rant on it, Adam Silver's doing a little little uh, talk today at the Board of Governors meeting, and he says they are very pleased with the play-in tournament. They see it as a likely fixture to stay as part of the NBA's postseason calendar. Uh, potentially some tweaking to come to it. So I think I think ultimately he's correct. Um, if you look at the play-in tournament, if you are if you're the seven seed or the eight seed, you hate it. But if you step back and you look league wide. I think not only does it create a little bit more intrigue in terms of who's going to get into the play-in tournament and then and then the tournament itself, kind of that whole, uh, you know, do or die scenario for the play-in tournament, emulating a little bit of the, the March Madness, right? So you've got that, creates some mm-hmm. exciting games. But then on top of that, how much engagement does it create for the teams that are in the 10th, 11th, even 12th seed that isn't there sure. otherwise, right? You're keeping those fan yep. bases engaged when they would have walked away long ago if you didn't have the playing tournament. So I think that, well, there's the drawback of teams that are seventh and eighth saying, well, we shouldn't we be playoff teams? Come on, you know, but overall, I think it benefits the league more than it hurts. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I also think too it's done quite a bit to clearly uh um curb mm-hmm. tanking to to some extent yeah. or not. Generally it's kind of right as we lead into the trade deadline and right after you'll see teams pivot and now teams are still kind of, like look at the Kings mm-hmm. for for example, now faulty logic maybe, but they tried to hang in there as long as they could and tried tried to make a real run at that and Barring some injuries, they they might have seen how things played out uh, down the stretch here. But yeah, so that's that's one of the things where, you know, in a normal year, that's probably post trade deadline. You're like, All right, we're so far out of the eight. Let's just get out of here. So that's that becomes, you know, uh, you know, something with that. A couple more things just because they're coming across mm-hmm. right now uh, from Adam Silver. Um, he says, uh there is a concern among the board of governors about players not playing a full complement of games. That's consistent. He's always kind of given the same message of, hey, we understand teams need to prioritize health and rest and those sure. kind of things. But, you know, I, I get it, right? They're, they're in a, a tr- tricky spot on that um, with with that because you, you also don't want to devalue your regular season when you're season tickets and mm-hmm. everything. Also, this of interest for 
Eastern Conference teams, particularly Boston and Philadelphia, maybe have unvaccinated players. No change coming in terms of unvaccinated players playing in Toronto, mm. nor anything to do with that. Uh, the league will continue to follow the laws and the status, and that is the status of the situation in Canada. And he also added, players have known the rules for quite some time. So that's I, my um, reading between the lines, but that's Adam Silver's way of saying, hey, you you knew what the situation was. Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So there we go. Well, and we'll see if Adam Silver says anything else of, of interest there, but yep. there we go. All right. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about this. Jabari Smith declares for the draft, which again, we're yeah. expecting to start hearing more and more of these things, yep. but but there you go. So there's one of the top players that'll be that'll be picked in the draft come June. Uh team yep. got a couple other guys mm-hmm. too. Sorry, no, there's so we don't miss them. Uh Ty Ty mm-hmm. Washington of Kentucky. Uh, Kennedy Chandler of Tennessee, Jalen Williams of Arkansas. Apparently, it was SEC Day to declare if you you play in the SEC um, with that. But yeah, the you know several uh, pe- people uh, you know there uh, uh, over the last couple of days have all uh, declared uh, to the NBA draft. And then Tyler Burton, um, I think people kind of get to know him as Richmond upset Iowa in the first round. Um, you know, really good player for for Richmond, so he he's going to also. Uh, declare so we're we're just in the process it's it's if we go back there's two things at play here one a lot of kids a lot more declare now because they can go through the initial process get feedback workouts and go back to school so that's one part of it the other thing is we're still in the year where where players get that extra year of eligibility um that some guys are still dealing with so some guys who maybe were already on college teams for four years still have that extra year that they could go back they did that because of the messed up covid season last year um they gave they gave everybody one extra year of eligibility so um yeah but we'll get more kind of the Two names everybody's waiting on right now, uh, Paulo Bancaro of Duke and Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga. That's but I would expect that's coming in the next couple yep. of days. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last thing I've got here on our, our schedule to talk about for today, it's, it's teams resting players down the stretch. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but yeah, I mean, like even if you're looking at things from a betting perspective, it's really hard to look at these games with any kind of certainty because you just never know night to night. It, Playoff teams, especially once they're locked into their spots, there's some incentive to try to rest guys down the stretch here. Um, so, oh, Trevor. What? Sorry, I got to interrupt because this is big Uh-oh. news. This is going to be a big smile to you and I. Adam, this is per Mark Stein. Adam Silver just said the league is actively pursuing changes to the take foul in time for next season. Let's go. We yes. win. There it is. I love it. I've been saying it all season. Ban take fouls. Uh, yes. Get rid of them. Please. I love it. My, here's my thought. One shot, ball back to yep. the team that had the ball. Give them a free throw. So it basically kind of becomes almost like an illegal. Like it's To me, it's another version of illegal mm-hmm. defense. Get back and play defense. The fast break is arguably the best part of basketball right. as far as the most exciting play. We don't want less of no. them. I, I don't argue the strategy of the take foul in most cases, then you get the guys who they forget, Oh crap, we're already in the bonus and they give one up and then it becomes a mess. But in general, I don't want less exciting plays. Like let it Absolutely. play out. You know, they, they, you know, it's kind of funny. I bring this up a lot. It, it take foul originated in Europe mm-hmm. and, and they got rid they've of it. legislated it out. They got rid of it basically in full so it's your turn nba yeah absolutely let's let's get rid of this thing again i was i was happy with the changes the nba made in terms of the foul rules last off season and we said the one thing that you need to get rid of this year 
it's the take fouls. It's going to be something else next year. I'm sure there's always going to be changes, but glad to hear that they're going to try to get rid of that. Again, it takes away in the NBA. There's people who watch it just for the highlights, right? People who just consume highlights and you limit those when you take away the most exciting play in basketball. And that's the fast break. So good, good news. Good news. Yep. Yep. Big time. Uh, yeah. Resting players. Um, we're not going to spend a ton of time. I mean, we just kind of talked at yeah. it. So we're said that that's something they're concerned about, but obviously down the stretch here, you're absolutely right. If you're betting these games, uh, I know be careful self included during the finals of a, a final fantasy basketball league, uh, this week that the, there's now active discussion in, in a couple leagues I know of at least that are, Hey, let's end next, like at the end of last yeah. week, uh, next season. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really hard because again, like the Phoenix suns, they're sitting basically everybody tonight in this game. I know somewhere Lakers fans like couldn't have done that last night. And they they did that Phoenix. the game before um, doing that the game after they made <laughs> yeah. sure they played them against the Lakers sure. because of course, yeah. well, we talked about it yesterday. I, I mean, if I'm, if I was the Suns sitting as the one seed, I really don't want any part right, of the Lakers right. sneaking in as the eight seed. Um, but anyway, they're going to sit everybody tonight. Does that suck if you're going to the game? Yeah. I mean, it's not great, right? Like it's, it's, it's not good. Is it the smart thing for the Suns to do? hundred mm-hmm. percent. They, they should be sitting guys. They, you know, play them just enough to knock off the rust. I already talked about that Celtics Grizzlies game on the last day of the season. So it's, it's one of those things. I, I don't know what you do to fix it at this time mm-hmm. of year. Cause if what, what if you told the Suns, you got to go out there and play and player X rolls an ankle and is out for, you know, three weeks. Cause that's how bad of a sprained ankle they get. And then the Suns get upset in the first round of the playoffs probably wouldn't happen, but just let's game that out. What, what, what do you do then? Like, like if I'm the Suns, I'm like, next time I'll pay the fine, whatever the right. fine is great. You know, I'll pay it and I'm going to have my guys healthy. Like, it's just, it's one of those things that just, I just don't know how you fix it. And yeah, like, I mean, uh, I think that that speaks. The bigger question is, do you should you fix it? Because if you're the uh-huh. NBA, the playoffs, that's your grand spectacle, right? That's where yeah. you're going to get most of the yeah. eyeballs. You want your best players for that. So I think there's an a league-wide incentive as well for the last couple of games of the season, break out the bubble wrap, get these guys to the playoffs, yeah. and let's make sure that our top, top guys are playing when it matters most and when yep. most of the eyeballs are on the NBA. So I don't even think there's a reason to fix it. I think fans understand what it means if you're buying a ticket to one of the last couple of games of the season that there's a decent chance that some players are going to be shut down. It's a thing, and it's not just an NBA thing. It happens in the NFL as well. That's why most fantasy football leagues, they don't play the last week of the season because you know most of the guys that got you there are going to be shut down anyway. Yeah. This is just a common thing in sports. I don't think there's any reason to to fix this particular aspect of, of resting players. No, I'm com- completely there with you. I, I, I don't see any reason why you need to 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 go this direction. All right. Well, I think that wraps things up for today, Keith. I'm hoping tomorrow we can both talk a little bit about Moon Knight and what we saw from from yeah. that. I can't wait to watch that one. And uh, yeah, good stuff. And we'll see how how things develop from here. Playoffs getting closer and closer. Keep an eye on that Eastern Conference because that whew, who knows how that's hey. going to shake out. And for for folks who watch us that might be baseball fans, maybe tomorrow you're listening to us. Happy opening day for most of the the majors. You know, Mm -hmm. happy opening day. 
you know, it's a it's opening day still special. Like I, there's something still special about it. Le- less special now than when I lived up north and it was like finally winter is over. Right. Uh, that's what opening day meant. Now it's like, oh, cool. It's still 80. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Happy opening day. It's still a great day on the sports calendar. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. With that in mind, our sister site, Dodger Blue, make sure you guys go check them out. They have a YouTube channel as well with tons of different Dodgers content. If you're a Dodgers fan, go check that out. Don't forget, subscribe right here to the NBA front office YouTube channel. Make sure you turn on those notifications as well. And listen to the podcast version of this. Help out the podcast. Make sure you give us a five-star rating and toss in a review over there as well over on Apple Podcasts. We certainly would appreciate it. Till next time, everybody. See ya. And stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.